0: Welcome to the Andrea Kaye Show.
1: Smooth like butter, sweet like honey, looks so good like she made of money.
0: She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kaye.
2: It's a woman's world.
0: Woo! It's Friday night.
1: All right, everybody, we're coming into the top of the second hour here. It is Friday at The Answer, San Diego, AM 1170. We've got the calls going. If you want to call in, please, I would love to hear... What, what you have to say. We're going to be pivoting to Maui. So if you want to talk about Maui and you have some things to say about it, please call in at 888-344-1170. That number is 888-344-1170. Please do not hesitate. Don't be a stranger. We're, we're here. We're friendly and we're talking about Maui. I have a very, very interesting guest for you. Look, Dane is an incredible guy. He's from he's from GeoEngineeringWatch dot com. Dane Wigginton, and we're going to be talking about what's going on in Maui. We've got some breaking news about the fact that someone who was wishing to stay anonymous has leaked a, a document where it, it clearly shows. That we have officials on the ground in Maui who told FEMA that we cannot let any images or videos or clips of the disaster get to air. Okay, we have officials on the ground in Maui who are contributing to a lot of suspicion because they're telling the Federal Emergency Management Agency to immediately not post anything at all that might bring attention to this historic Unprecedented crisis, certainly one of the biggest scandals in modern history and under Joe Biden's watch. So, of course, you know, there had to be a media blackout because what better way than, you know, what better way to control the narrative? Than to just shut down discourse and keep people in the dark and make sure that we don't get information to people during a life and death situation. And there's just a lot of stuff that really doesn't add up here because I feel like this could have been easily prevented. That the you know crisis management has not been good. Disaster relief came way too late. Joe Biden came way too late. He he waited for two vacations, a couple of you know gaffes and and no comments on it. And he waited 13 days just to basically fall asleep during a memorial service so i want to hear dane's perspective because he's got a very very interesting take and i'm sure that you probably have not heard this before dane wiggington thank you very much for being here please what's your general reaction to hearing that maui county officials specifically asked for a media blackout during the crisis
3: well it's coming as no surprise this is business as usual and in regard to the whole scenario in maui We have a lot of other scenarios that are similar in nature. We had in British Columbia two years earlier than that, where we have winds that are unprecedented at the exact time when an ignition occurs. And what we do at GeoGrain Watch is try to point out that anything that has anything to do with climate flash drought, which is what the official condition was there in the week before that fire occurred, they've been in drought in, in Maui, in Lahaina, since May, but there was an official flash drought designation prior to. So we're encouraging people to understand how nefarious some of these scenarios are when we have a government that has openly acknowledged they can control the weather, not just our government brothers, but when we have all the way back in 1962, 61 years ago, president Lyndon Johnson stating we had the power to control the world's cloud layer. Then, and quote, he who controls the weather controls the world and we have the hurricane Modification operations of the U.S. military that started in 1947 with Project Cirrus. How far have they come since? And in Lahaina, we had a very anomalous cycle to the south, Dora, which took a almost record-long track without breaking up to put it in the position it was when the fire started. And we had an incredibly anomalous high-pressure heat dome to the north of Hawaii, rotating clockwise upper-level winds, hurricane counterclockwise upper-level winds. Mm-hmm. In, between, in between the two was Lahaina created a wind tunnel effect right over the island right down in Lahaina source of ignition we can we can argue about but the bottom line is what created the conditions to fuel that firestorm and climate engineering is inseparable from that
1: so and that's that that's what we're not hearing though why is there such a concerted effort to bury that kind of information do you, i mean do you and really that's that's my main point here is getting at the the Deeper agenda here, but I really do want to stick on this on this thread of I don't know if, if you could say that this was. I, it's not like it's. Technically manufactured, but it feels like there was some negligence at the wheel. It feels like the government was asleep at the wheel, and there w- there were clear indicators that this could have happened, or could have been happening, or this was a possibility. And instead, we're funding you know renewable you know ele- renewable energy projects and other things. And I'm just wondering, what, I mean, how culpable really is the the local government in this, and really the Biden administration writ large? I mean, it, it, should we? I don't want to point the finger and just you know scapegoat, but I. I I do feel like they, they have a role in this. They're certainly a, a you know a stakeholder in, in this situation. And I just feel like so much of this could have been prevented.
3: It's way bigger than that. It's way, way bigger. Why would we think our government's not involved with climate engineering operations? We had Project Popeye. In Vietnam, let's just look at that. We, Project Popeye's historical record that our military was so successful at creating rain whenever they wanted over the Ho Chi Minh Trail that by '76 there were international treaties forbidding weather modification. At minimum, at absolute minimum, they could deliver rain where they wanted. Here in San Diego, or at least the show is—I'm not sure if you're doing that remotely—but we just had Hurricane Hillary pass over. Mm-hmm. And we documented the entire track and where they diverted that moisture with frequency transmissions. They can and are manipulating flows of moisture atmospherically. This is all patented technology. And that moisture wasn't diverted toward Canada where there's currently over a thousand fires burning. There, there's, we look at Lahaina, how bad that was. Canada is currently losing, and this is hard to get your arms around. Canada is losing a thousand square miles of forest every single day. They've lost 40 million acres since May and Six, that's 60,000 square miles lost in Canada. 60, that's the size of Georgia. That's how much is burned in Canada. They're so losing that gone.
1: much every single day?
3: 1,000 square miles. Not acres. 1,000 square miles every day in Canada. Why isn't anybody thousands.
1: talking about this?
3: That's a really good question. And again, when Hurricane Hillary... Which was completely manipulated. That's why it wasn't, the, the rain was dispersed largely over Southern California. It wasn't nearly as catastrophic as they played it up to be. But that moisture was diverted all the way to New York. And I challenge your listeners to see it with their own eyes. We recorded all of it, all the moisture flow maps, three minute short video at org titled Hurricane Hillary Failure or Mission Accomplished. Three short minutes, and your listeners can see where that moisture went and where it didn't go. Didn't go to Canada, again, where the losing a thousand square miles for your listeners to put this into simpler terms mathematically. That's a forest 20 miles wide and 50 miles long every single day since May. They've lost 60,000 square miles and nobody's talking about it. And we have Siberia in the same condition. So back to Lahaina, uh, again, to think that that technology doesn't exist to to create a blast furnace wind scenario, 80, hundred mile an hour winds, uh, all the conditions are set, and, and this is where it gets really deep. And, again, I, I don't want people to believe me. I want them to look at the documents. They can go to geoengineeringwatch.org and search wildfires as a military weapon. We found a 140-page U.S. military document outlining exactly the kind of preparation they did to Lahaina. And what's what, what do you me mean a watch?
1: U.S. military document? Like a US? report? Like an internal memo or something?
3: 140-page U.S. military study. Yes, 140 pages long. Whole report is posted there. Nobody has to believe me. Whole report is there, and there was about 18 target sites listed throughout the continental United States. What's that doing in a U.S. military document? Why would they study... Sites within the U.S. to create firestorms. So again, anybody at this point that thinks our government—I don't care what side of the political fence—anybody that thinks that those who actually control our government are here to help needs to rethink their reality. Could you?
1: I almost feel like I don't even want to open this can of worms and ask. But are you familiar with any of those other target sites and and where they might be? Because I'm wondering if San Diego is one of them, because that's where I am. Sure. Uh, well, I,
3: because we're back, Costa. And and so, again, they, they study the uh, conditions in those specific arenas, and they're all listed there. You can look at the entire document. There was even allied countries like Greece and Spain and Portugal who all recently went up in flames. I don't know if you know that. And, again, for those that wonder why would they do this, that's where, again, back to science study. Not, not only does this help to stabilize nations that may not be cooperating or towing the line – it, it also helps to control populations. So if we look at the precipitation scenario, let's look at post 9-11, week after 9 General Wesley Clark, former NATO Supreme Commander, given the list of target countries, the list is, clearly existed before 9-11. Subsequently, every one of those countries underwent a once-in-1,000-year drought. Their grain was completely cut off to those countries the leaders of those countries in the case of Iran and was on the floor of the UN I think there was one or two other countries stating publicly, never got covered here, that NATO was cutting off their precipitation destabilizing their food supplies, thus their populations. Weather warfare is the covert weapon of the of the controllers, those who really control military countries, including our own. It's their crown jewel weapon because they can bring populations to their knees and then blame it on nature and that's exactly what they're doing and these technologies are all patented we have a list of 200 almost 200 patents at org. we have government documents 800 pages long we have volumes of data people are doing football games to understand the depth of what's going on.
4: Well, Dana, it was like you were talking about last time you were on the show in the Maui scenario. I mean, you had winds coming at opposite, from opposite directions on opposite sides of the island, just creating just uh, horrific conditions.
3: Correct. You had, you had, again, clockwise rotating, high pressure to the north, and you had a counterclockwise low, rotating low pressure to the south. So as those two meet in the middle, it it, it creates a wind tunnel that was right over Maui, 80 to 100 mile an hour winds. We got the same thing here in California, the Santa Rosa fire, so many other fires, Paradise fire, these ferocious winds at the worst possible time and doing the most possible damage and so, again, when we know that these technologies exist, and, and what HARP, for example, in Alaska can do, HARP is a weapon of mass destruction. It's an ionosphere heater, heats the upper layers of the atmosphere. This is all patented, not scientifically disputed. When we know they have these weapons, why would we think they're not going
1: to use them? Well, that's the thing. Look, so Dane, so many people even people who are deep, deep into politics and even just current events and reading the news and following the story. There's so much that they're not privy to. So, again, just before we go into the break here, how how can people find this information? Because I guarantee there are going to be some people who are skeptical. And you're saying, you know, you're you're resting your conclusions on the data. So, how can people find that data? And what should they really be looking for? What's the key takeaway? How can people read that data and, and make sense of it? Like, I mean, what, what's what's is this self evident? Do you think, or or is this the you know conclusions you've come to after years and years of really really looking into it? It's
3: very straightforward. We break it down. We pre digest it. The documents I'm mentioning are all highlighted. The most important points. are all highlighted in these documents, so people don't have to go through all of them. Go to geoengineeringwatch.org. dot org. We are non political. No advertising. We exist only to expose the fact that we are all under assault. From those who truly control governments, those who print the money.
1: Absolutely. And please stick around. I, we're going to be right back after the break. But it'd be great if you could please stick around.
4: Andrea K. Telling you like it is, while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the
2: Answer San Diego.
1: All right, everybody. I just have to say, on behalf of all of us and the whole family here, because this is I'm Riley Lewis filling in for Andrea K on and the Andrea K Show. But we all dearly miss her, and I do hope that she's having a really, really good, restful, relaxing Friday night. And I know that I am. I'm I'm having an absolute blast. We're here with Dane Wigington, who's just uh you know opening all the cans of worms, and there's nothing that he won't touch. It, it's clearly he's he's a truth seeker. Okay, and that's that's something that I really look for and admire in a person is somebody who just wants to set aside the narrative, someone who doesn't want to pay credence to all of the the noise in the media, somebody who just wants to get to the facts, to the bottom line, what's going on in Maui? That's really the the question that I still don't feel like it's it's not totally answered for me. I don't know if I should call this a natural disaster or call this an engineered disaster or call this just a political scandal and a horrible tragedy. But there's still more than a thousand people that are missing. We've got more than a hundred people that are dead this is this is a, a disaster that has not been victimless okay and, and it's it's disgusting so we've got dane here we've also got cameron maelstrom the executive producer over at tipping point with karen mckinney at one america news so everybody's up in the house what Cameron, if you want to jump in here, what's going on?
2: I just wanted to touch base on this. I was reading this letter you were mentioning about from FEMA reportedly being sent to somebody here. I just want to read what it says. Out of respect for those who perished, we were asked by Maui County officials to pause on posting on social media and elsewhere new imagery of damage slash disaster slash debris starting now. They are asking for a full stop on disaster imagery going forward. But this is the part I love. At the end of this email, it says cultural sensitivity is of the utmost importance in all our response and recovery activities to this disaster. That is their utmost importance, is cultural sensitivity. Never mind the fact that, uh, like you said, over 100 people only confirmed so far have Mm -hmm. died. Mm -hmm. But we know there's over 1,000 people unaccounted for or missing. And this has happened how many weeks ago now? Two or three weeks ago now? Mm -hmm. If you're missing at this point, let's get real. These people are dead. There's probably about a thousand people dead. These people aren't lost and trying to find their way home and can't get into contact with somebody. These people are dead. That's a th- roughly a third of the people that died on 9 11. And why is this not a bigger story? I mean, yeah, it's getting coverage for sure, but like, that's an. Unimaginable scale of death and tragedy, and I just feel like most people are just brushing it off, not giving too much attention to it. It's 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 sad.
1: Well, and at the same time, you got FEMA officials staying in luxury hotels while also FEMA officials are now undergoing this, uh, you know, three-hour-long white supremacy training or diversity, equity, inclusion training. So they're not even really focusing on the on the core of the issue or the issue at all. And I want to ask you, Dane, why is that? Or is the Biden administration hoping that people just forget about this because this is not a kind of crisis? that you just forget about. This is going to be in the collective public conscience for a long, long time. People are going to remember this. Cameron was just in Hawaii about a month ago. So, Dane, what's going on here? Is this a spin job, or do you think people are trying to bury the facts because there's a different, bigger agenda? I mean, can you clue me in here a little bit?
3: Well, everything divisive tends to distract and keep fighting focus on the bigger picture so when you look at and back to the weather modification scenario it's part in lahaina have yeah, a we have an illegal federal gag order on all national weather service and all national oceanic and atmospheric administration employees that's the nation's weathermen why in the world would there be an illegal gag order on the nation's weathermen and back to the fires and how hot they burned we know that primary climate engineering elements that they seed the atmosphere with like aluminum nanoparticles, those are incendiaries. That's very, very important to understand. They're literally dispersing incendiary particles into the atmosphere. That settles down onto forest foliage, structures, everything else. In the case of aluminum nanoparticles, that's actually used in thermite. That's a demolition material. So when you have the landscape being covered with this, that has to make fires burn more ferociously. It does, and we're not guessing. We do hundreds of lab tests all over the country, and we've we've published this we're we're dealing with people right now in the the former Senate Armed Services committee members we we have two air force generals two US air force generals in our groundbreaking documentary the dimming which is posted at org for free we have spent well into six figures on that film tremendous effort we put it up free the moment it was done we're only in this for the cause so i would encourage people to understand the gravity of what is occurring in our skies when they can dump literally Tens of millions of tons of these particles in disguise all over the world completely affect the weather, the hydrological cycle, every breath we take. And back to Lahaina, when you can dry out a region and when you have this type of nanoparticle material saturating the landscape, you create winds, whatever the source of the spark, whatever ignited it, you you end up with a firestorm. And that's, again, what we have happening in Canada. It's happening in Siberia right now, Spain, Greece. I don't know if any of you have seen what's been happening in Greece. What's,
1: What's going on in Greece?
3: Burning to not. the ground. I mean, the Canary Islands burning to the ground. I I mean that they. Uh, I don't know what the the mortality rate was there in Greece. But I, I mean, all around Athens, I mean, they're literally completely incinerating. We see none of it here,
1: none of it, zero. So how is this happening, though? I mean, because I'm just trying to imagine. Are, do we have government military airplanes that are flying over Lahaina and blanketing the surrounding atmosphere with these, you know, uh, particles or these these uh, agents that can, you know, stoke fire? Literally, is that what's going on? I mean, I don't know how you can how. I just wonder, like, is, is there I mean, what, what's the what's the case here? Is that is that, you know, how they're doing it or how, how exactly does this this plan? The plan makes sense to me, but I just don't understand how they execute it. How was the they government able to do it?
3: Okay, now I would encourage people to look at the wildfires as a military weapon. And all of that is in great detail is in that particular document. In regard to the aircraft, we're not guessing about that either. We know they're dispersing these materials. We have up close film footage of these aircraft at altitude KC. Uh, 135 C-17 Globemasters, KC-10s, nozzles visible, turning dispersions on and off, period. It's not condensation we're seeing. It's a sprayed particulate dispersion. Again, we've taken a NOAA flying lab, all in the dimming. It's all documented. We We took this Flying lab to altitude, top scientists sampled what heavy aircraft were emitting, processed that at one of the world's most renowned labs, found what we knew we would find. Climate engineering elements starting with aluminum nanoparticles. So we're not guessing on any of this. We're the only credible so- source online on this subject. There's lots of internet, people who haven't done no research whatsoever. We're a hard science group. We work with former government scientists. Uh, former Canadian Minister of Defense was in our film. So I- I'm encouraging people to-, to look out of the box that we've all been put in and understand that these programs are real ongoing. They have been for decades and, and to a degree that can scarcely be imagined. So we can speculate on the agendas and objectives being carried out. But the fact that climate intervention operations, AKA weather warfare is a part of it beyond reasonable Argument.
1: So, Dan, are you, is that kind of your, your big takeaway here? Do you think that what happened in Maui was, was staged or was some sort of warfare against the locals or the, or the local people or the American people? I mean, it, it what is the, the biggest picture here? Was this a natural disaster that was just made worse by the government? Was this wholly manufactured by the government? And, and for what purpose? I mean, what would you say, you know, let's say someone who's never heard of Maui, who's from, you know, some other planet comes and, and they say, you know, what, what happened? Describe it to me. How would you, Describe it to somebody in, in the simplest terms.
3: And I only like to speak about what we can back up and verify. So okay. the, in, the agendas and the objectives, we cannot know fully. We do know that the U.S. military is very fond of the remote Pacific islands for their installations. I mean, look at all the islands that they've used in the past, even blown up, testing their nuclear bombs. Uh, they didn't care at all what damage they did to those islands. But we, we can speculate on the agendas and objectives that may be being carried out. Act- engineering operations are separable from what happened, that is beyond dispute. Absolutely beyond dispute because we know the conditions that were created were not natural. And and the bottom line is nothing can be considered natural at this point because once you intervene in the climate systems on this scale, you derail the entire system. That's why we have such radical things happening. In fact, do you guys know uh, Kansas just recorded a heat index of almost 140 degrees? Do you guys know that this week? What? In Kansas? Heat index, that's the feels like temperature. That's a combination of temperature and humidity. 135 degrees, Looked up. Mainstream covered it. That is the heat index that was recorded this week in Kansas. We just got word from Texas on a heat index much higher still. We're trying to confirm that. We've already confirmed heat index in the Persian Gulf that happened the week before last. A heat index, that's the feels like temperature, 156 degrees. That's because the combination of temperature and humidity becomes intolerable to the human body normally when it gets hot and and you can have a heated if you have a temperature of 115 or 20 with with humidity in the 40 or 50 degree range that pushes those heat indexes that that high the body can't take it because it can't sweat if the humidity is that high sweat doesn't cool you so i encourage your listeners to look up the heat index recorded in kansas this week 135 degrees and uh Again, we're seeing heat indexes much higher than that. So American public knows nothing about what's going on while they're watching this cast of political idiots uh, in the staged election. I don't care what side of the fence people are on. It's all theater designed to distract people from what's happening around us.
1: Absolutely. and thank you for bringing some truth and shedding some stuff to light and you know actually highlighting some really important data points for people. and again, where can they find that stuff that all that information?
3: Thanks, Riley. GeoengineeringWatch.org. Non-political, no advertising.
1: Absolutely. Dane, thank you very much, and thank you, everybody. We're coming into another break here, so please stick around because we're going to be finishing the hour and we're taking calls. So please stick around. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego.
0: Dynamite in a dress. Or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her. She's on the Answer San Diego.
4: As does team the sparks. <laughs> Let
0: him live. Let him live. <laughs> Beat the mer-
4: Mercury, ninety-four to seventy-one. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> you know, I just got a shiver down my spine hearing that. Oh,
1: I've been thinking a lot about that movie, Idiocracy, because it feels like a documentary. <laughs> It feels like we're kind it's of happening living now. It's happening now. Yeah. It, it is happening, and it's happening very. Whose
4: laugh is more annoying and more shrill, Kamala's or Hillary's? Ooh. Ooh.
2: Like Ooh, that's choice. a tough question. That's if hard. you
4: had to hear one on repeat, which one would you choose?
2: Uh, I, I would only say Hillary's just is the little worse by default. That that's that's scary. Yeah, stuff.
1: I actually I can't believe I'm picking Hillary. I can't believe this. There's no gun to my head. I'm voluntarily going to say this, but yeah, I, I would pick Hillary. DJ Skins. What, yeah, it's
4: it's the trifecta. Kamala's I mean, uh, is, is is it's bad.
1: It's 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 really bad. I mean, for a border R, for an AI's are. Her sense of humor is so weird to me. She thinks the weirdest things are funny. Have you noticed that? Like, she will laugh at the weirdest stuff. She makes herself laugh during very weird, somber moments, like talking about a school bus or something, I'm or going talking- to
2: see the moon and space and telescopes.
0: <laughs> so, You're gonna see. here's the thing. Who doesn't love a yellow school bus, right? Can you raise your hand if you love a yellow school bus, right? Just there's something about the, and, and most of us, many of us went to school on the yellow school bus, right? And it's part of, it's part of our, our experience growing up.
2: I love the people at the end when she asks who doesn't love a yellow school bus, they're like, yeah, yeah, we, what, what is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they have to pretend like they even
1: understand. <laughs> well, they, they've been accustomed to that And look, here, here's the thing Not all heroes wear capes Okay, everybody Kamala Harris is putting in the hard work I mean, Joe and,
4: Biden might be the hero Because th- this lady should have been president
1: uh, a long time ago But people have been scared to put her in there I was always thinking at, at some point She was probably going to poison the cornflakes Or the oatmeal <laughs> I, I thought she was going to tamper with the cream of wheat <laughs> And nothing happened, so I, I, I'm actually surprised. Maybe she's got some uh, some more discipline than I think. And the funniest thing, though, you know, is when she tries to relate to the youngsters and talk about how she listens to Snoop Dogg from time to time, and who knows what else, who knows what she does with her free time. I don't want to know, but I do wanna wanna pivot because even Trump can see that Kamala is just dragging our reputation through the mud. We're the laughing stock of the planet right now. I just can't believe it, but we are. People are looking at us, and they're like, "That's that's your vice president," and then Joe Biden. Somehow, it's worse as you get us. You climb the ladder, and it gets worse and worse. It's, people are failing their way all the way to the top, and, and that's that comes through. Or literally, oldest.
4: Biden's falling upstairs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. I I've, look. I, I laugh. I, I There's a part of me that actually feels bad because it's like if you're Jill Biden, you care so How much about power. At?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was angry about the whole situation. Still am, obviously, about him being president. But it's like I I, I feel bad. I honestly feel bad for him because his clearly his dementia has progressed so much that he doesn't even know what's going on half the time. And the people that are putting him out there, these are cruel mean evil people to be doing this to be pushing their agenda and using him as a puppet i don't i don't i I don't even blame him that much he just doesn't even know what's going on he's an empty vessel this is not this is not you know hillary that's a different story yeah she knows the damage she's doing i just think he has no clue
1: and kamal is a different story kamal is a complete clown that's a she's she's a train wreck that's different though from someone who's actually got real cognitive decline and physical decline going on because he's nearly an octogenarian so this is well. This, that's not an
2: excuse. That's not an excuse. He's not that much older than Trump. I thought. What is he like? A, it's not an ex- two years it's older, it's not older an than Trump. Excuse,
1: but it's an explanation. The point is, I don't expect as much from somebody who's got actual like dementia problems or mental, mental problems like that. From Kamala, she's just she's just stupid. She there's just nothing redeeming. She's it's, stupid with two O's. <laughs> and a
0: and, 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 and human right. I heard somebody in the audience say. and, 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 it, and it is about freedom, right? In, and including. And this is a very, maybe, simple point, but I think very important. The freedom to just be.
1: DJ Skins, do you think she's going to go down in history as uh, one of the rivals for Ronald Reagan as, as far as great communicators go? <laughs> do you- oh, it's
4: close. It's real close. I mean, been, I'm a big fan of the Gipper, but uh, she's trying really hard.
1: I feel like she's kind of gunning for his place. She wants that number one trophy. you know. She, <laughs> she wants us to, to rewrite the history books and call her the great communicator. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. I do. I will say this, though. Trump. Despite all the, the 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 attacks on him, despite the fact that he's knee deep in the pressure cooker, this guy still cracks me up. I I want to play some clips DJ Skins up in the house. I know we have some clips of him talking about the DOJ. So could we go ahead and play one of those because I really want to hear him talking to uh, you know, Tucker again on X, which was such a brilliant move. I mean, he really just it was such a smart political move to skip those debates where you hear people like Tim Scott and Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson like all these nobodies. He doesn't want to be around that kind well, of energy.
4: Wise, that interview blew the debates out of the water, I'm sure.
1: I don't even know what the view count is up to now. Last time I checked, it was like 245 five, two fifty million yeah, on X. Yeah. And this has just been a couple of days. It's been less than a week. I mean, this thing's going to go in the vault as one of the great interviews of our time from one of the greatest presidents of our time. I really can't think of a great president in my life because Bush was the only Republican I've ever ever seen in comparison, and he's not a comparison. Not even close. Completely different. Cut from a totally different cloth, but Trump is, he's firing up Republicans. And I think just American people generally, because there's so many people that aren't even really political that feel that sense of nationalism and unity coming out of them. And it's like, it's, it's attractive. It's appealing. People it's, like it,
2: that. It's the American first agenda, honestly. And I said that to somebody the other day, well, it was actually a while ago, but they're saying, or I, I was explaining to them, it's not, that, it's not even that I identify as being a Republican anymore. I guess I used to be, or I used to think of that myself as that. But as, as soon as Trump came along, he matched all the things that I was looking for in a candidate, and it's not that I identify as a Republican. I identify as an American who's, and somebody who puts America's interests first above all others. People always say, like, oh, wow, why would you like him? He's so brassy, blah, blah, blah. He's so, he says the worst things. He's sexist. He's racist. He's not, obviously. But it's that he puts America's interests first, and that's all I ever wanted. I don't I – don't like Democrats and Republicans, like, forget it. Uh, we need to start a new party. There needs to be an America first party. There needs to be a mega party. And it sounds extreme, but it's kind of like you're either with us or you're not with us.
1: 100%. I, I I'm I'm hopefully people. If you if you have something to say, please call us in because the number. We, I I want to hear people. If if you have something to say about this, please jump in. Again, the call in number here: the Andrea Caio, the Answer San Diego eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Please do not hesitate to reach out. And DJ Potato Skins, could we please cue up one of these clips? Because I really really do want to hear Trump on Tucker talking about the DOJ. So let's hear his, his first statement on that. That's my question. How do you, if you get elected
0: again, go back to Washington, how do you keep the agencies under control? How do you keep FBI and CIA specifically under control?
5: The way you do it, like I fired Comey, that was a big deal. You know, a lot of people said, and I fired him very early. Somebody said, oh, I wish you would have fired him. There's a real question about firing him. Anyway, you understand, because, you know, when they have a 10-year term, there is a question. Uh, I fired Comey. That was a great thing. If I didn't fire Comey, maybe I wouldn't be talking to you, or I'd be talking to you about real estate or something else other than politics, right? Uh, that was a coup, in my opinion. That was a very sick deal. That was the insurance policy. You remember the insurance policy? Oh, she's going to win, darling. She's going to win. But uh, just in case she doesn't, we have an insurance policy. An insurance policy was what they were doing. And we caught them with that. That was a very important tweet or whatever it was text. It was a big deal, that was a big deal. The insurance policy, she's going to win 100 million to one. That's not good odds, at least they gave me one, right? 100 million to one. But just in case she doesn't win, we have an insurance policy. And everybody said, that's strange, that's strange. But we caught all that because I fired Comey. Because when I fired Comey, it was like throwing a rock into a hornet's nest. Into a nest of bees, and the place went crazy.
0: So, when you were president, do you are you confident that you knew everything, say, CIA was doing around?
5: No, I'm not. I'm not. It's
1: uh... okay. Yeah. So, let me ask you something. Again, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum. A little look. This is not. This is a form of democracy, but it's a it's a constitutional republic. But how democratic is it to decide that we deserve this election? If you're a Democrat um, in the party of allegedly being about democracy and then having an insurance policy and then creating the Gate hoax just to make sure that the opposition candidate can't get into office. I mean, how do you spin that as being democratic? And that opened the door to the sort of brazen, you know, admission from people like CNN's Jonah Goldberg that small donors don't really matter. You're not really an important person. You're just a little guy. It's an America last agenda. That's what I feel like. That's my biggest turnoff. I'm not really in the GOP, the Republican Party, because I'm probably more conservative than most of the people in Congress who are technically Republicans in a lot of different ways. But I do think that it's, again, what you're saying, America first. And you get that from Trump. But when when we talk about Biden, it feels like America's last. It's the last thing on his mind.
2: What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the the whole aspect of that is not democratic and, at all. And I I kind of, I'm trying to die on the cell. I'm trying to explain this to people. And in my opinion, that the big problem that we have with our elections and democracy and having democracy work for the people is it doesn't anymore. Now that we're in the digital age, when everything is transmitted digitally through the internet instantly, even though, even though the States that still have paper ballots, but we don't have, we have digital uh, voting machines. We don't need to get into that whole thing, but it, it boils down to the fact that you can't ever verify your vote. And who it actually went to. California, they have a little system where if you mail in your ballot or drop in your ballot, it'll say, oh, we received it. Oh, your ballot's been received. Just know that it's been counted. Trust us here at California. The fact that we can't verify who our vote is going to is what really bothers me. And I honestly think we need to get away with the whole idea that our votes need to remain private. They don't need to remain private. That's not a constitutional right. We get rid of that. We can have some transparency and prove who people voted for these election problems will start to go everybody
1: that's cameron malstrom he's going to be joining us after the break so please stick around
5: news
0: politics and current events it's the andrea k show on the answer san diego
1: don't take time Everybody, we're coming into the uh, the bottom half of the second hour here. It's the f- it's Friday. Everything is good. I know we're talking about a lot of stuff that's, that's very heavy, but I, I, anytime I listen to Trump, I start to feel better, and, and it's because he speaks to so many of the issues that I actually care about. I feel like so much of politics these days really is kind of like show business. It's really just sort of a distraction, and it's meant to gin up certain support for certain causes and stuff. And it's certain it's it's a great way to sort of keep the people distracted while organizing like the DOJ put the screws to law-abiding Americans while the ATF takes away the, the firearm sale licenses from stores that made inconsequential paperwork errors 10 years ago. And I just feel like we're kind of losing the spirit of this country a little bit. And I feel like there are just a lot of people in Congress in, in various positions at the local level, at the state level, at the federal level, who just don't really understand what this country is about, what the American people are about. They're just so out of touch with what what the founding fathers meant when they said the American dream and what really what they meant to do and really what they started. But again, I feel like Trump is is hitting the nail on the head and this Tucker interview, it was just so smart, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I I, I mean, this was, I I feel like the reaction has been exclusively positive.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it boils down to some, another, another, theory or whatever you want to call it that I've gone off of for a while that our our lives have kind of drastically changed. Uh, we're in like a, a a dividing line or epoch or whatever you want to call it in human history where before the middle mid-90s, you know, before the internet came around, people had to communicate to get your message out there. You had to have credentials. You needed to be smart. You needed to cite your resources. You needed, you needed a platform. You needed a newspaper. You needed something to get it out. And the only people who had that are the people who were credentialed to do that. Now, with the internet, anybody can say anything that they want at all times. And so now information has become power. Anybody who controls the flow of information is the one who really has the power and is really controlling the things behind the scenes. And when Trump was taken off Twitter, that was obviously a humongous travesty that they could ever even do that to him. But it goes – Trump being on X now with Tucker, that's so huge. Now that Elon has control of that and he's opening it up to the world, I I don't want people to underestimate how huge of a thing that is. I think in the last several years, that's one of the biggest things. One of the the very few great things that has happened in this country is him just taking his $44 billion and saying, you know what? I'm probably going to lose a lot of money on this, but I need to get this done. And now that he's done that, he's going to get Trump's message out there through it, through Tucker. We're going to subvert all the typical media – that we've had been suffering through for these last years. And there just might be a silver lining and there just might be a way that we can break through here.
1: And that's the thing, though, because, look, I don't want to say that we're going to get a repeat of 2020, but it could be a Biden Trump rematch. And if it is, I expect to see some sort of attempts to get at, quote unquote, misinformation, disinformation, misleading information. And you already see X coming out with these new rules saying if we find election misinformation somewhere on your profile or in your feed, we will temporarily and possibly permanently suspend your account.
2: Is that new? I didn't hear about that. That's new. They just
1: released a new policy thing. i take it back. From the horse's mouth. So I I don't understand exactly what's going on. And it's hard for me to get a read on it because I'm so happy that he's back. At the same time, they're already bringing in people to consult them about making sure that there's election integrity, which sounds good. I want election integrity. And I don't think that... Free speech necessarily means that you have a right to to just start putting out lots of propaganda. But I do I do think that it gets dangerous because it's like who decides which information is misleading and why. And we get right into we start opening the door to this, you know, these I don't know what to call it. But there is this vested interest, like you're saying, in controlling the narrative because that gives you a broader sense of control over the Overton window, over public attitudes, gives you the ability to manipulate public opinion. That's a very powerful thing.
2: Well, and it boils also down to one other key aspect where we, if these huge companies like Apple, Google, Facebook, there's only a few of them, Apple, Google, Facebook, uh, or Meta, Meta I say yeah. whatever it is, X now part of it. But if these few, four or five companies want to band together and they decide that they don't want you to see a certain piece of information, you will never see it. Especially something somebody like Apple or whatever, like what percentage of Americans have an iPhone? I don't know, 70% or something like that. If Apple decides that they don't want you to see this, that through their web browser, you are just not going to see it. And you will ne- we're never going to know what we don't know. And the fact that we everybody gets their information through their phone these days. Nobody's reading a newspaper. You look at your phone. That's how we even know what we're talking about. But who knows what we're not talking about because it was never shown to us and it's been suppressed. A la Hunter Biden, New York Post story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing, everybody. You can never stop hunting for the truth. And sometimes it's it's difficult. It's not easy. There's there's people who are trying to throw you off the trail. You go to Google and type in presidential campaigns for 2024, and there's a very specific cura- curated list of only Democrats, and that's designed to influence you and to completely reshape American politics. So everybody, please remember, we have an obligation as citizens to be truly educated. This is a, a something we have to participate in because a Republican, Is not a spectator sport. So, again, everybody, thank you. This is the Answer San Diego, AM 1170. Please have a remarkable weekend. We will see you next week.